This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape, your host today from Community Waikato, and I have with me Karen Stockman on the phone. Hey, Karen, how are you? Morning, uh, Holly. I'm great, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Karen's one of our very experienced community advisors, been with the team for many, many years, and today we're going to be talking about planning, which is really fundamental to uh, the effective operation of any community organisation. And um, there are lots of different types of plans people could get into, isn't there? Absolutely. And depending on, on um, where, where you're reading and what you're looking at, you'll have different ideas about the kinds of plans you want to have in place. <laughs> so what are, what are the common ones, the, the real sort of common ones that, that we would often see used in our sector? Um, so if we start at the, you know, from the bigger picture... We will. Most organisations will have some form of strategy. Yeah. And um, sometimes those plans are documented, and oftentimes they're not. Okay. Um, yeah, but but usually we have a strategy, right? So that's our bigger picture plan, or our idea of where we want to get to, in the longer term. What do we mean medium by yeah? What do we mean by medium to long term? What what sort of time frame do people set their strategies for? Well, it's interesting. There's lots of different schools of thought about that, and often people will say, "Oh, it's such a changeable environment we're operating in. It's mm. really hard to plan too far ahead." Mm, that's a good um, point. I think I I hold a view that you know we can aspire to something. We may not know what the world's going to look like, but we can aspire to a, a highest potential of, of the impact that we want to have. That, that makes a lot of um, sense. So that, you, that wouldn't that limit your time nav- frame. Yeah. Yeah, and it becomes our navigation point. So that's, a, you know, so, so I have a view that we want to have a sense of where are we trying to get to, like, the ultimate goal, the ultimate destination we're trying to reach which is never about ourselves, right? So that's about, you know, how the community might be different, how a particular group of people's experience might be different. Um, uh, Whatever it is that our our organisation stands for, that it's trying to achieve, that we are able to articulate that, we're able to say, this is where we're trying to get to. If we were absolutely successful, this is how the world would look. And then that becomes like a navigation point for all our planning. Mm. So a strategy takes us toward achieving that. You could apply that quite easily to someone's personal life too, couldn't you? Like even though Absolutely. things are changing yes. lots, you could still have a view that, you know, in in 10 years' time I want to own a home or I, or I want to have a family or I, of my own or I want to achieve a PhD or whatever it is. But yeah, you, you know. I'd like to have a private... And we may not even be that specific, Holly. We yeah. might just say, you know, in 10 years' time, I would like to have a qualification and a, mm. and a job that I love yeah. or a profession that I love and I want to um, be making a difference in the world and I want to... So they don't even have to be mm. as specific as 
it'll be a PhD or it'll be, but they're an aspiration. So and would you apply that same thinking then to a community organisation? Is the aspiration needing to be really specific or can it be really broad? It can be really broad and I think actually if, we, if we're really raising our eyes to the highest potential, it'll be quite broad. So we, you know, that's usually what we call our vision statement. Mm. And if it and is... It'll be, it'll be something like, if you think about community Waikato, ours is thriving communities. Mm. Yeah. So we don't say communities will have all the resources they need, communities will have, we just have this global ambition yeah. to see communities thriving. And then we get to unpack what that looks like as we take our steps toward that highest aspiration. And that highest aspiration um, being global like that enables organisations to be more responsive as we see the world change around us quickly. And then the question we can ask ourselves is, is, is doing this thing or is pursuing this opportunity or chasing this this uh, funding or this contract going to take us closer to that aspiration, mm. or is it not? Yeah, I think that's a, um, it's a it's always a really interesting question for organisations to ask themselves when money is tight. Um, mm-hmm. But it's um, there is a real danger in being seduced um, away yes, away from that aspiration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or yeah, that the. Um, I suppose the ideals, the the desires of the funders determining the aspirations of yep. organisations. Yeah, and sometimes the stars align. Yeah, and the aspirations of the funders are absolutely in tune with our aspirations as an organisation, and that's a relationship made in heaven, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's an amazing connection. But sometimes there is a little disconnect, and I guess when we're looking at that, we want to be able to look and go, how, do, how does this connect with what we're trying to achieve? How does this enable this to happen? Yeah. Where is our mutual benefit, yeah. our mutual achievement sitting? Um, and I do think that's an important part of, we're, I mean, we're talking about planning today, and I know I'm taking a, a radical sidestep here, but that's a really important fundamental underpinning of our funding plans. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, our funding plans have to start in that place as well. So do you start then with your strategic plan that then um, informs your funding plan? Absolutely. So our strategic plan is our overarching plan. Yeah, yeah. So if we go back, so if, I, if we can go back, so... so and again, there's lots of schools of thought, so you're just getting the world according to Karen today. Yeah. Um, but if we think about a strategic plan as defining those aspirational, overarching things like our vision, which is our, our gracious impact, our you know desired outcome, how we want the world to look. Mm. And also, also within that aspiration, we define our purpose or our, or our mission within that, how we're going to work towards that. Yeah. And again, that's a global statement. Mm. It's not a. It's not a specific. We're going to run five programs, and we're going to run self help, and it's more global than that. It's going to be. Um, we will work toward achieving that that um, that aspiration or that vision by, you know, providing you supporting education or mm. enabling greater participation or some kind of global statement that suggests how we're going to participate. Yeah. And the other part of it is our values. Mm. 
the way in which we're going to do it. So in a strategy, that's the first thing we need to define. And those things are they're almost immovable. It's not that you can't change them, but you don't just change them willy-nilly. You, yeah. you actually commit to a particular uh, uh, direction that mm. you're taking the organisation, and then from there, you start to set those higher-level goals. Yeah. So those higher-level goals, our strategic goals, are the things... They're the bridge between um, where we are today and moving toward that higher level aspiration. Yeah. That's why I call them navigation points. So if you think about, you know, paddling in a walker across the across the globe or um, you know, trying trying to take yourself to somewhere you've never been before. Yeah. You have to have a pretty good idea of what that destination is, don't you, to mm. even start beginning to plan your journey. Yeah, yeah. Once mm. you've got those higher navigation points, um, you've got your your um, aspiration there, you've got some values in place. Yeah. What are you going to plan for next? Like what what's the next sort of part of the planning you could be considering undertaking? So... So if I, when I'm looking at that with people, my next step is to say, okay, so if that's the aspiration, then let's start getting a little bit more concrete. So yeah. then we start would start saying, okay, so if that's the aspiration, where do we want to be in, say, and this is where the time frame stuff comes in, you know, where do we want to be in two or three years, or where do we want to be in five years, or where do we want to be in ten years? Mm. And different groups will have a different appetite for the length of vision they want to hold. Yeah. You know, some people it's just too hard to to plan forward for five years. It's not within. It's not comfortable. Um, but the next step is to actually say, okay, so let's get. And and if you were using so um, key points um, path um, planning, yeah, we would call that the concrete positive possible. Ah, yes. So we start to actually say, all right. Okay, so here's our aspiration. Now, on our way to that, what do we want it to look like in three years? Mm. You know, what will be happening? What will we be doing? What will we be involved in? Um, what, are, what are some of the impacts we might be having at that point? And it becomes a lot more... So the possible part is quite important there mm. because they, for, our pra- for our practical people or our pragmatists, they need something to get their teeth into. Yeah, yeah. It's too hard to imagine stuff that seems, you know, yeah. impossible and, or, to achieve. Or intangible somehow. <laughs> yeah, intangible. Mm. So that's where we start to say, well, actually, we'd like to be doing more stuff in more places. It might be as vague as that. We'd like to be um, doing what we do really, really well and doing it with more people or more groups. And so we start to, we'd like to have, um, uh, you know, we'd like to have a, a base that is, that is fit for purpose and that we have the capacity to grow our team or that's when we start to have these kind of imaginings of we'd like to all be in one place as opposed to scattered around or whatever it is. Mm. Mm. Um, because that's then... That's then the target, isn't it? That's yeah. like the milestone, and yeah. that's really what the, the strategy points out, you know, some of those key milestones. So once you've got that defined, then you come back to, well, where are we starting from now? Yeah. And it's the and gap between where are yeah. we now and this concrete posit- 
possible. How do we do it's, that? How do we actually reflect on where we are now? How do we determine what that actually is? Because that's quite a hard exercise. It sounds easy, um, but it, for organisations and for individuals reflecting personally on their own lives, I think there are challenges in doing that. Yeah, so what is one of the things, like if you wanted to reflect on your life, Holly, what's one of the first things that you'd start doing? I suppose considering my achievements, like yep. yeah, what I've what I've done. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Would you would you want to get other people's viewpoints about that? No. No, I'm like I'm joking. <laughs> 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 I don't want their feedback. No. <laughs> you don't want any feedback? No, don't need any. No, I well, I think it's a very good point. I think I think that's absolutely a a, a great point and there's so much value and because there's one thing to reflect from your own position and, and your viewpoint about um, where you're at personally or where an organisation is at. But for other people to um, join that conversation or, or add their own perspective, I could imagine how much more depth you would get in understanding those yeah. achievements. Mm. Yeah. So if you look at your own life and you've got these significant people in your life, hey, these, yeah. these, all these, um, you know, from an organisational point of view, we call them stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we call them stakeholders in our own life. And we, we, yeah, we'd be quite we formal. Them, you know, <laughs> if you were yeah, but we have the, we have these. You know, we don't exist in a vacuum. We exist in a community. We exist in relationship with other people, mm. and so we have people in our lives that are really important. They have an impact on our lives. Um, they have the ability to influence things that happen in our lives, but also what they think is important to us. Mm. And it's the same. For, for for our community organisation, same thing. And we call that those those individuals and groups, we call them stakeholders. And when we're planning, it, much in our, as it is in our own lives, we want to understand, well, how do they see it? Mm. How do they experience it? What is their, with critical distance, mm. what is their view? It's a really interesting perspective because I imagine a lot of us don't do this, and particularly with those that we are there to serve. Right, you know, um, I'm, yep. you know, like often we'll we'll get feedback from our funders and have conversations yep. with them, or you know, um, sometimes the colleagues, the other organisations we work as, alongside. But of course, the most important stakeholder, arguably, um, is the person you're there to support or serve, yep. or the community so the that community you're there, yeah, or the group or the individual, yeah, yep. absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, that moral Without ownership. Without a doubt. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes and people do that through surveys or, um, you know, throughout a year asking for feedback around services and things like that. But Oh, totally, Holly. You don't have to do it as part of the, you know, say, right, we're going to do yeah. some planning. Let's start thinking about talking to people. It's yeah. kind of like if we think as part of our day-to-day work, actually it's important to us to understand what people think. Mm. We need to start thinking about how we hear their voices. Then we can collect that. And groups do. You know, yeah. how many times do you get an email from a, from someone that says, this is the, this is the impact of what, what you did. Both yeah. good and bad. You know, this is the impact. It, it was great or it was terrible. Yeah. And so we have that information. It comes in the form of complaints and compliments. It mm. comes in the form of personal emails. Um we might do little evaluations at the end of an activity or we might invite comment on something or there is there is a wealth of information mm. 
that we have the ability if we just, well not just, if we plan for the fact that we want to use that information, Mm. then there is a raft of it that we already have at our fingertips. And what we what we identify as needing that we don't have it then becomes a simpler exercise, doesn't it? To yeah. Start looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's also, you know, so that's getting input from from other stakeholders. There's also things we can do ourselves to look at um, our circumstance through a variety of different lenses. Hmm. So you've got your good old old SWOT being around for a million years. Our good old SWOT analysis is a really good um, lens to lay over the organisation. Mm. You know, to start looking at, like, from an internal point of view, like, where are we strong? Where are we challenged? Mm. You well, know, looking from outside the organisation, what are the opportunities that are out there? Yeah. Uh, what, are the, what are the threats or the, you know, what's the danger? What's the mm. risk? Yeah, and overlaying um, that with things like political landscape, what's happening in yeah, that space? Yeah, absolutely. So mm. there's a tool called PESL, yeah. which is just, again, it's another lens to lay over the organisation. Mm. So um, I just I am on the board of a, a local charitable trust, and we've just been doing some, um, it is strategy. We're yeah. not saying we're planning, but actually we did some environmental scanning the other night. So we spent some time reflecting on the organisation that got in the and the and the challenging. Um, we spent some time looking through the pistol lens. So we were looking at well, what's happening politically, yeah. what's happening economically, what's happening socially, what's happening with with technology. How is technology um, impacting the world and ourselves and our circumstance? Mm. What's happening in, with legislation? You know, we spend a lot of time talking about the fact that we're in this this um, space where so much is happening and changing within legislation. There's all the charity stuff. There's all the stuff around COVID, the, the mm. pandemic. Mm. And as we talked about that, we started unpacking that, you know, these decisions being made now that they're not going to last forever if we think about the... Um, some of the, the health mandates that are coming out. We're not going to be living, you know, we'll, we'll be living in, a, in maybe a different world, but we're not going to be in the same situation. Mm. Who knows? And, and it could be a year or two years, it could be 10 years, but nothing is ever permanent. Yeah, yeah. So being able to look at it for right now, what does it look like right, right now, now and what can mm. we anticipate and what can't we? So that's the legislative, and then the last one is environmentally. Mm. And we often think as, as um, community organisations, unless we are an environmentally focused organisation, we sometimes don't um, take the time to look at what's happening environmentally. But again, it's important. Yeah, certainly, yeah, absolutely. If we understand what's happening with the emissions and some of this, the... Um, kind of things that are being thought about in that space, it might help us think about, well, what do we want to be doing in terms of our fleets of cars if we've got cars or mm. our, you know, what do we want to be doing in terms of the way we deliver services, um, those kinds of things. Yeah, and how those um, then reflect or tie back into your values as an organisation. Absolutely, Holly. Mm. Yep, so that, that's it, right? So that's, that's why we've got to do that aspirational stuff first. Mm. Mm. 
So when do you start planning? I mean, I asked to have this conversation with you now because um, it felt like, you know, we're getting to the end of the year. Things are starting to wind up. It's been a really unusual year. There's a bit of anxiety about next year. And, and from my perspective, I felt like it feels like a planning time. But I wanted to talk to you because I thought, well, is there a time that is a planning time? Or is it any time? Well, I guess it's any time. Yeah. Actually, and for me, and and um, I see strategy as not being a something. You know, strategy is not something we just do once, once yeah. a year. Strategy is an ongoing conversation. You know, so I think setting those high level aspirations is really, really critical because then we spend all of our time. It's like if it's a navigation point. If you think about being in a boat, mm. and you've got that horizon defined then yeah. you are adjusting your course related to the weather that's going on around you mm. in relation to, you know, the energy levels of the people who are operating the, you know, various different roles inside the boat to keep it on track. Um, and strategy is pretty much the same way. So I think that higher level stuff, we want to get that pretty clear. And I think any time's a good time to do that. Yeah. Making it a priority is... is and, and talking about it often. It's a good analogy because you can imagine then if you didn't set a course, if you just launched out into the water and then just yep. got rocked around by what kind of happened, yep. you could well, end, end up, up somewhere. You'd end up somewhere. That's right. <laughs> but certain, Might not be where you want to be, though. No, exactly. Exactly. So I think it is. And it, the same applies to our life, too, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> you know, you can just launch out there and keep going where life takes you. And, and that's a choice. Um, and and actually, some people do that and are perfectly yeah, happy. That's right, absolutely. Uh, um, and I think, and I think that, that that's a fair call. And I think that we have community organisations who would say we just go along and do that mm. because their aspirations are are very kind of um, they're, they're very personal and very kind of. Um, how do I well, I'm wondering it? too if they're really responsive to their yes. their um, moral ownership. Their moral yes. ownership is the is the sea in a sense, isn't it? That will direct yeah, absolutely. them absolutely, absolutely. And so, therefore, they don't feel like they need a destination. Actually, just being on the water is what is what the is is what they see their purpose as. And just being on the water, yeah. Although we're less likely to be able to make some of those systemic changes. In that no, space. and that's right, and that's yeah. right. But some groups are not interested yes. in making systemic change. Yeah, and it's not like, their that purpose. That is not. Yeah. that is not what they've set themselves up for. And, and I think it's really important that um, there is an acknowledgement of that, because mm. otherwise we just try to to apply a one size fits all sort of. Oh, you need to have a strategy. Yeah, you need to aspire to more than what you are. Yeah. Well, actually, who's to say that that's the truth? Absolutely. The group gets to de- decide that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, so, and some don't. Like some groups come together for a very specific cause. And when that cause is achieved, mm. they, um, you know, they may not have a relevance anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's okay too. What's your thinking around bringing in someone um, externally to support some of this planning, whether it be that sort of, Strategic planning, financial planning, funding planning, you know, um, is it something groups can do on their own? Is it something groups should um, get guidance you, I, for? I think you can do it on your own, absolutely. Yep. I think it's hard to facilitate and participate. Mm. 
Yes. And so there's a there's a trade off if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, and and the thing about the thing about doing it yourself, it's like, oh, believe it or not, I practice yoga. And I believe and it. One of, <laughs> and one of and I practice yoga in lockdown. I practice yoga absolutely like I do when I go into our studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I practice yoga at home during lockdown, I typically only do the poses that I like. Yeah. I definitely don't <laughs> choose the poses that I don't like. Yeah. The yeah. ones that are a bit uncomfortable or the ones that take a little bit more effort. Or the ones and that I know hurt that a bit. It, or, or the ones yeah. that hurt a bit more. <laughs> yeah. And I know that about myself. So one of the reasons that I really am gagging to get back to the studio and one of the reasons that I love being part of the studio is because our yoga instructor or the different yoga instructors what they what they get you to do is different to what you would choose to do if you were yes. doing it on your own. And yep. so you have to do some stuff that feels a little bit uncomfortable and mm. you know, you do feel a bit grumpy sometimes in the middle of it because you think, oh my goodness, when are we going to move on from this? I really <laughs> yeah. don't like this. But actually, in terms of the health of your body, it's good to be doing all of those different things. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's really similar with strategy mm. sometimes mm. we have to be a bit uncomfortable sometimes we have to go outside of that sort of comfort zone and imagine things that maybe we don't want to think about mm. in order to in order to make good decisions about moving forward yeah yeah I think that's um, a really good point and that's with some value of, of bringing someone in to ask some yes, of those harder questions and, yeah um, and, but again, I think you can challenge yourself to yeah. ask those harder questions because I can challenge myself to do different yoga poses. Yes. But it takes, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it takes um, some real intentional decision making. And some discipline. And some discipline, mm. yeah. 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 The point you make too, though, it's actually hard to facilitate and participate. Um, there is a trade-off there as well to be aware of. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. There totally is. Yep. I think, you know, when we're very near the end of our show. I've only got another minute or so, um, and I really appreciate all this conversation. There's a whole lot of stuff we had um, said we are going to talk about that we haven't talked about. So, I was just thinking that, Holly. So we're, we're going to have to do another show. I know you're thrilled about that and can't wait to perhaps <laughs> oh. even join me in the studio perhaps next time to continue the conversation. Yeah. I'd be very happy to do that, Holly. It has been great. And, and I suppose, um, you know, the, the thing now is if you've got a bit of time in your hands and you're looking forward um, and starting to think about, you know, well, what is 2022? There are some great tools um, that you can use. We also yeah. have a great team at Community Wakato that do help support some of that thinking and that work. Um, totally. Yeah. Have we got templates online at the moment? Um, I'm not sure that we've got those templates online. Yeah, I don't think we do But yet. I think I would, what I would say to people is if you're keen to look at any of those, they're quite common and you can Google those tools. But you can also call one of us advisors and ask us about those tools. Yeah. Or you could see if an advisor could come and support you in that thinking. Perfect. So there's a range of options. Absolutely. And to find us, just look us up online, Community Waikato. We're easy to find. We're the first thing that will come up. I think that's that's us for this week. Thanks, Karen, and, and thank you so much for joining me on the phone. 
You're very welcome. Thank you. It was actually quite easy to do it via the phone. Yeah. I'm impressed. It's it's not the same, you know, not seeing your pretty face, but, you know, this is oh, fine. <laughs> That's us for another week. You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, Free FM 89.0. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.